Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. Get ready to eat peace, motherfuckers. The chrome dome shining beacon of freedom from the Suicide Squad returns. Get ready to kick it with the 11th Street Kids. It's Peacemaker on Normies Like Us. You that Peacemaker guy? Evil supervillain? Not a supervillain, that's a misconception. I'm a superhero. We only kill bad people. Usually. Eagly is your pet eagle. It's just... Fine, fuck. Are you always gonna be this difficult? Yep. You heard it up top. Salute the flag, because we are talking about one diehard patriot today. A badass to meet all badasses, because we're talking motherfucking peacemaker on motherfucking normies like us. With your host, uh, Vidge Callanti. Oh, that was, I got swooped, so I guess I'll be, um, uh, oh no, oh no, how <laughs> Where about... was Mike going to go into Vigilante, if I may ask real quick? Well, I was going to be Michael Anti, but I'll be, uh, oh, Mike Bio. <laughs> um, Mern, I'll say it was right there, but sorry. Like Jodo Man, to just throw it in there. Very good. I was going to be, uh... Jacob Master. Jake, okay, well, Thimble's still out there. We all got swooped. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Wants to grab that. Um, Eagly's swooping everybody, Charlie. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, Not for the reasons you think. Flaming Hot Cheeto here. So, uh, yeah, Peacemaker. <laughs> we did it. We, we assembled a team just about as efficiently as Mern did. Uh, <laughs> so, good job, everybody. Say. Yeah, HBO, we did a, we talked Suicide Squad at one point, uh, the James Gunn Suicide Squad. I think overall we enjoyed it. Um, rest in peace, Rick Flagg. And now we got a show about the peacemaker, that asshole who wanted this, right? But it turns out it's actually pretty good. And we're going to talk all about the episodes that have come out to this point. Uh, normies like us. But yeah, do you guys have any sense of peacemaker prior to Suicide Squad? Because I did not as a big normie. Joe, do you have... You ever come across this character? Uh, not by name. I think he's been in the background of some big events that I've read, uh, like in like the mid early two thousands. But he was just kind of like in the background. I I was not familiar at all pre the Suicide Squad. Seems like they James Gunn did a good job of pulling deep cuts out and then using them quite effectively. You know, that Harley Quinn that no one's heard of, you know, good job, James yeah. Gunn. <laughs> real real but, uh, underground characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's definitely more obscure than King Shark or Polka Dot Man even, I guess we would say, yeah? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think uh, I really want to taste it. So how about we just jump right in and we'll just start talking with spoilers. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, the season up to this point, Peacemaker. Normies like us. I like it. It just makes me feel like if if John Cena can get away with dancing like that, so can I. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, that's all you sure. can do, that's fine. That's all John Cena can do. Yeah, it's enough. You know, uh, Alan Tudyk's wife with the choreography. Shout out. You know, collaborator James Gunn. But apparently, he didn't know that it was his wife when he hired her. It was just off of her work. So weird, huh. weird stuff. 
Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, we just had the song fade in. If you're on the audio video version, who knows what you got without getting copyright strike? But yeah, uh, yeah, we're back, right, Colin? Peacemaker. We time. are uh, a hell of an intro, and we're talking about a hell of an intro. Um, James Gunn's Peacemaker, right. uh, uh, the first DCU television series, quote unquote, an HBO Max original. And uh, Jacob, this is something you just cannot skip. This fucking intro. No, I mm. never skip it. It might be the greatest TV intro ever made, you know? It's just the entire cast just doing this dance routine completely straight-faced, and it's amazing. I can't look away. I have to watch it every time, and it's great. Yeah, and the song is incredible. I find myself humming it, you know, and just... I just think about the theme song at least three or four times a day, like that opening number, and you can never skip it. It's it's absolutely incredible. So right off the bat, it sets the tone, I guess. But yeah, for, you thought it was Cheers is the greatest theme song ever. Now it's this. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, but it's wig wham time, that, baby. It's, it's wig wham time. Do you really want? Do you really want to taste it? Um, beyond that, again, I'm somebody who just won't shut up about how smart I fucking think James Gunn is. This is his first swing at television, and he's coming from the world of Marvel where they do those post-cred scenes in an effort to keep you around to watch all the people who made it, right, with a reward. Peacemaker itself, this TV show, has post-cred scenes that are basically extended comedy gags if you stick around, right? But Mm -hmm. super genius style, he's also going, wait, you know, when I watch Netflix and that little skip ad thing comes up, Fuck you. You know, I know the guy who makes the title sequence. That's kind of a middle finger to that guy. Don't fucking skip what anybody's put work into. How? Right, what could yeah. I do to fucking make it so people stick around? And he figured it out. Yeah, have yeah. Your whole cast just do this, this dance routine. <laughs> like the whole cast. Like if you have a line on this show, you are in yeah. the background at one point doing a very weird dance. Yeah, right. it's captivating. But yeah, those little end... They're almost like blooper outtakes. We had the extended jokes. It's start to finish. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, setup wise, obviously we mentioned Suicide Squad. This is following the events of Suicide Squad. Project Starfish, Rick Flag, uh, who made fun of him for having a toilet helmet, gets killed by a toilet. Oh, the irony. Peacemaker. <laughs> Make a what piece a of this toilet go into your heart. You know what I mean? So uh, that's where we're at now. He is working for the government again to essentially avoid... Uh, going to prison for that. And that's the setup of the show. And it's uh, teaming up with um, some of the handlers, essentially, who were on Project Starfish, uh, as we saw in that post credits. And that's kind of where we kick off. And we just got wacky adventures of Peacemaker and friends, question mark. Yes, Uh, that's right. And we know, you know, Amanda Waller, leader of the uh, Suicide Squad, uh, not afraid to, you know, get people in there and get, get dirty. And then, uh, you know, it's her daughter in the team now, so that's an interesting uh, element as well. Yeah, so what's the team? Does anyone want to run down, Joe? You think you could run down our team members here? Oh, you know, I might do it terribly with names, Colin. <laughs> you want to run through totally. Yeah, totally. So we got our guy. Then, well, we got that. <laughs> well, we got Steve John Angie. Cena. Let's start there. We start with our wrestler. Yes, John we start Cena. With Christopher Smith as Peacemaker, who is, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Probably arrested for murder? Probably did he kill a kite man after his one stint at being a hero? And is that why we see him in Belle Reeve and Suicide Squad? <laughs> I wouldn't be too oh, surprised. Could um, be. 
And then uh, we rounded out with, we've got Amelia Harcourt, who was, of course, uh, Amanda Waller's right-hand woman, played by uh, James Gunn, James Gunn's, James Gunn's beau, uh, his, his real-life girlfriend. And then we've got uh, Steve Agee, playing John Economos, who was the warden of Bell Rev, but now seems to be just sort of an all-purpose kind of catch-all tech. Uh, we've got Danielle Brooks as Lieto Adebayo, who, as Jacob mentioned, is the new recruit, but actually the secret daughter of Amanda Waller. And then That's to round right. it out, we've got the team lead, and that is Chukwadi Adeo playing uh, uh, Mern, Agent Mern, I, I, an original character, I guess, Joe, somebody I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I like uh, I like Adebayo because she has the same name as uh, NBA player, Bam Adebayo, so I like that. <laughs> oh, you like basketball. Yeah, there's a lot of through lines with the characteristics of both the fictional character and the basketball player, yeah. Um, I like her because it is a secret daughter, and then there's moments where she's kind of trying to be friends with Peacemaker. He's a little bit of an outcast in that first episode. Doesn't fit in. He's kind of a jerk. He wears his costume to the restaurant. People are kind of picking on him. And then she tries to kind of befriend him, but we're unsure if that's... Yeah genuine or if there's ulterior motives from her mother and it's uh, it's setting up some interesting drama but some of it feels really heartfelt and i do like adebayo and john cena's relationship because his father uh is the white dragon basically a racist (laughs) super villain is robert patrick the son yeah robert patrick who does a great job in in that role pairing the son of that character who's been you know, even the janitor saying, oh, you're that racist superhero. And he's like, no, I'm not. You know, so he kind of gets thrown in the apple not far from the tree talk. So to pair him with, you know, a gay black woman uh, is an interesting setup for personal growth for him and interesting stuff. So it's it's a yeah. good play, I think. And she's sort of the also the audience, you know, POV character where she's coming into the team. She hasn't done this black ops stuff before. Uh, and like you said, she might have ulterior motives with her her mother, Amanda Waller, giving her. Uh, you know, side missions, let's say. So who knows what's going to happen? We're only five episodes in out of the eight episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I love about this show too is just the cliffhangers. You know, mm. a, a couple of these episodes have just ended and you're like, oh man, that's a great cliffhanger. I wonder what's going to happen next. Can't wait to watch the next episode. And yeah. you have to watch weekly. They don't dump yeah. it all at once. Yeah, yeah right. go. I, like we talked about in Spider-Man No Way Home, like I think we're entering a new era of comic book content because this feels like James Gunn wanted to do a DC black label story, which is their, you know, like mature books. That's where, you know, Batman like Hong Dong in a a book called damned. Um, (laughs) So it's like, you know, he wanted to do like a peacemaker story and this was his Avenue to do it. So like, I'm all for the expansion of what types of stories you can tell. Like even some of like the references that they make in this, are so confusing to me because there's so many like cuts to like the DC universe as a whole. Like Colin is, is Batmite now canon? Like did Ben Affleck meet Batmite in this universe? Is that how that worked? (laughs) And there is that outrage Joe where people are like, Batfleck's the most serious person ever. He would never fight Batmite. But here's, but by the end (laughs) of this, Joe, I want you to think, I want to hear your thoughts on of these characters. We've just been introduced to through, through words uh, or their names in in this extended Mm -hmm. universe. Who would you have play Batmite? Who would you have play Matter Eater Lad? Who would you have play fucking um uh who else have they 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 thrown out there? 
Those are the two big ones that stick out to me. Um, and like, you know, like even just referencing like Superman, referencing Batman, like yeah. making it like Aquaman. this whole universe. Aquaman, like, yeah. Well, Joe, you know, this is what I really like about the show is it's essentially the, the you know, DC's answer to WandaVision and Hawkeye and all those Marvel shows, but they can do something that Marvel can't or won't do. And that's, you know, lean into the edgy R rated type stuff, which you get James Gunn, you know, I loved his, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, some of my favorite Marvel movies, but he can really, you know, stretch his, his legs creatively when he can he can work in that more edgy material, slither, that kind of thing. So I love that he's getting back to that with these DC things. So I'm a huge yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. And I agree. And it's, it's working. Fun. Like, it's running on all cylinders. I, I yeah. haven't talked to anyone who's watching the show that dislikes it, but I do think there is, like, a perception of what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It comes off like a real dude broy show, and I feel it's like a lot that's better a than pill I expected. To swallow. It. Yeah, mm. I like it a lot better than I even expected to, and I expect to enjoy it, but it's better than I expected. And just the fact that you can have like these violent graphic scenes, uh, and then in the next scene they're talking about you know Superman's you know shit fetish or something. <laughs> it's just like you know something that Marvel would never do. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. No. Yeah. And it's fun seeing James Gunn that kind of from the trauma roots and like seeing what that becomes when it is dealing with a mainstream major property right. and how he's able to kind of balance the, that kind of irreverent tone. But there's a heart to this thing too. Joe said it's got, it's a dude bro like on its surface, but when you really do watch it there, there there's some genuine emotion amongst, you know, the violence and crass jokes there, there's a heartbeat to it. And I think that's what surprised me the most. And I was maybe one of the most skeptical on it. I'm like, I don't really care about this, but that first episode pulled me in. I mean, Colin, what, what's your general impression? Well, you know, and Mike, even just to comment on what you're saying, when when you're talking about auteurism, right, I, I want to ask you guys a question. Um, to me, it feels like the longer a person's career goes on, eventually you get criticized for your auteurism, which is putting to film yourself. I'm already seeing some backlash to Peacemaker, and I agree that everybody seems to really be loving it, but just to the style that James Gunn brings of well, what's with all the juvenile jokes? And hold on, there's needle drops in this? Oh, this guy must like music or something. Where you go, yeah, but that's again, he is expressing himself fully in the medium he wants to. And again, I think commenting and saying something higher than you would perceive. Absolutely, I agree with that. I mean, even just looking at peacemaker himself right on his surface dude bro tough dude he's literally one of these most jacked humans on earth one of the most alpha of males they establish on the show he has a large penis and yet he still doesn't fit in and he feels lesser no. than and his dad is a huge asshole to him so like despite being the most alphaist of alpha he fucking is sad and doesn't belong right and like yeah what what a way to flip a character like that and make you really like you know, kind of sympathize with him, especially when he killed Rick flag. (laughs) Yeah. That's another thing I really like about the show is that peacemaker as a character is more complex than you originally think. So you see him as sort of a villain in suicide squad. But what I also liked about his portrayal in suicide squad before his kind of villain turn, you know, he just seems like a really likable, like fun guy. Then he does what he has to because, you know, he's taking orders from Amanda Waller and he sees that as, as a necessary Jacob, thing he has to do. 
He is not doing what he has to in that movie because of that. He's doing it because of what he says up top, because he will kill any woman, man, or child in the name of peace. Mm -hmm. He is doing what he 100% believes is right. We've all had that moment where our core values are shaken, where you're like, oh, wait, my whole life is just like nothing. And to see a character have like an existential crisis in a TV show when he dresses up with a chrome helmet and shoots people, that's strange. Yeah. And the whole thing is triggered by Rick Flagg saying, Peacemaker, what a joke as his right. death throw. You know what I mean? And like that stuck with him and he's reflecting on it. And then, you know, and you yeah, know, it's, it's an interesting starting point. He gets into his, you know, the way he was raised, his childhood trauma of certain events. He was involved, in, you know, he had a brother and he was involved in the death of his brother accidentally. Uh, obviously, his father, the way his father raised him was really fucked up and uh, he has to kind of come to terms with that. So he's not obviously a perfect person, but he is trying to learn and become a better person in the show. I think yeah. one, of, one of the places where I think it really does well is when you have a show like this where you're introduced to a character in a movie and then they're going to spin off or even if you're introduced to him in another TV show. When you meet mm-hmm. the character in the TV show, it's like they didn't learn the lessons that they had learned in the movie. You know what I mean? Like if you look at like, yeah. you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like the setup for that show doesn't really make a lot of sense when you think about like the lessons that Sam had supposedly already learned, but we need to like watch him learn it again for the purpose of the show. I feel like this Mm -hmm. did a good job of having a lesson learned. And if you saw that great, but also like introducing the character at a point where it's a different set of flaws that we're exploring now. Like it's not the same flaws that he had in the movie, just rehashing it. I think that's That's great. But like, I do think there's some validity to the criticisms of like James Gunn style because Peacemaker is Rocket Raccoon. Like they're the same. Like that is the story <laughs> that he just tells over well, and over the, again know, with like classic rock. So, you know. Yeah, and But that's the style that he sort of excels at. Would I want every DC property to have the same tone? No, but I think it works for this show in particular uh, and for the Suicide Squad movie. But if you have something like, you know, Superman... Aquaman, Wonder Woman, those aren't going to all have the same tone, but they're yet they're still in the same universe. What's interesting about the edginess, though, of James Gunn is it kind of almost fits right into this release of Snyder Cut demographic kind of you right. know so it's like you have those that's fans always that like the dark shit and this kind of provides it yeah and that's what dc's been trying to do for years like they want to be the edgy dark alternative to marvel basically to varying degrees of success over the last couple of years but you don't have to be edgy okay. and shitty though you can be edgy and have would a heart it, uh, and that's what this is right. trying i think but yeah go ahead would it shock you to find out that like you're wrong from that community's perspective because yeah, that's the, the Snyder Cut community they don't hates like it. This. Wow. They yes. despise this. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Well, this Stop is stupid. This is us. silly. <laughs> this is not what our thing is. Our thing oh. is serious and gritty. Grim dark. Yeah, like, I saw someone, I shit you not, I laughed so hard at this. I, I, I either put it in the Normie's <laughs> chat or I sent it to Colin. I laughed so fucking hard at this. It was a tweet that took the. Remember the, the bad shit opening of uh, Batman vs. Superman where Bruce Wayne's like, 
what falls is fallen, and what falls is <laughs> super fallen. Diamond absolute. Yes, yeah. greatest it takes that quote, and then it has like a gif of the, or, or it, it takes that quote, and then had you know the peacemaker opening side by side with some Snyder cut shot, and like the point they were making is like the Marvel bro came in and it's it's not serious no more. Oh, I hate it. That's great. Well, I'm sorry well, that you guys have you know, a bad. That's a certain yeah, contingent of fans, but. Those are probably the same people that, you know, are, you know, with the same, a lot of the same countries with He-Man and that kind of thing. Oh, it's, the, it's the same people. We don't have to Yeah, it's funny though. Yeah, I would think when I'm looking at it, oh, they're casting a wide net. They can get everybody. They can get the Marvel people. Yeah, no, I, I had to throw it out there because you were like, look, it's edgy. It's going to make them happy. No, they hate it. Nothing it makes is, them happy. Edgy, so. but it's goofy and they hate that it's goofy. Ah, I see. Right. Um, Thanks for collecting you know, we talked record. About, like, we talked about like every character on the show except what I think is the ultimate standout, which is Vigilante. Yes. Uh, Vigilante is the only character on the show that we know by name so far that I was aware of and, and familiar with before. Yes. So he's like a, a low level, I would say like D lister uh, vigilante who works in Gotham sometimes. And uh, I think he was on the arrow show. If I'm not. Oh, no way. So so I was introduced to him about four years ago. Now this is Freddie Stroma who plays him in peacemaker, an actor from game of Thrones for, I guess one small stint. He's like the brother. He was um, in Harry Potter. Yeah. He He was, he played played McClagan. I I looked it up. I was like, that's nobody and nothing. I don't recognize him from anything, but I adore him, man. I think that's, so great in this role. Yeah. I was, well, here, let me ask you this, Joe. Mm. How much of the backs of his and Peacemaker's backstory is like from the comics accurate, and how much is like James Gunn kind of embellishing things or making things more like? Is he really going around just killing people for like any like kind Casey of Jones crime? style? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, vigilante. <laughs> so so let me let me ask you this backstory wise. Now, yeah. um, who does this sound like? Guy with a gun. Family. Killed by mobsters, wiped mm. out, decides to pick up a gun and start killing anybody for anything. Does that sound like a popular Marvel Punisher? character, maybe? Hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so he's basically DC's Punisher. He's DC's Punisher. Saying, right? okay. so you think that. of him as that. I think of him as DC's Night Thrasher, which was, you know, like another like teenage level, you know, like they were contemporaries of like Dick Grayson. So think about like that, like that's like the age that they're supposed to be is like Titans, bad guys is where I would have expected someone like vigilante to show up, but getting on this man. Yeah. But he's just murdering people for like jaywalking and shit in the comics. He's, he loses his mind. and Batman (laughs) has to come to Gotham and be like, stop. I will kill you next if you keep doing this. But, but let me just say this real quick. So, but Joe, the point is, there are a million other DC characters to relate him to. Really, for Marvel, it's just the Punisher. You know, there's like Blade, kind of, but it's a trope of our least favorite superhero, I I would gladly say for you, or speak for both of us and say, the guy with a gun, right? DC has, even though they're villains, Deadshot, okay? Um... Fuck, who else? A, a million Deathstroke. other people. Marvel has Vigilante, Deadpool, too, Deathstroke. Marvel has Deadpool, Deathstroke, Jacob. Yeah. That, I would absolutely count that. 
Um, yeah, but, but just these stroke. endless, yeah. endless guys with the guns who are like, and if one of us goes down, man in fact, yeah. I will be the next person who just rises up. And what is my power? That I am crazy. And I look, right. look I, I feel like that's half hated, the Suicide Squad in most that, things. That is, guys Jacob, with guns. And I have hated that trope. And that's yeah. one thing I have held against DC where I'm like, you've got too many guys who just use guns or whatever. Now – in the world we exist in, where it is actually scarier a million times over, I look at that and I can so easily relate to and see the universe of oh, – imagine yeah. everything that we've been through. But And now there's a guy named Superman in our world who is indestructible and can do anything. You don't He's think some guy who went to the January 6th Capitol riot would just be like – Fuck it, I'm peacemaker now. I go around and I kill whoever I want, and this is my superpower. And if you disagree with me, I will fucking blow your brains out. And it's like, okay, yeah, right. absolutely. Oh, You're a yeah. superhero. Well, the way his father was raised him is so plausible, like yes. in the current political climate of America, 100%. Yeah. So, Colin, yeah. you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where James Gunn has taken some liberties, like he's done in the past, and kind of combined some different comic book elements. So, White Dragon is a comic villain, uh, primarily of, you know, people like Green Arrow. Um, I think he had like some mashups with like Dr. Fate and Zatanna. Kind of like, you know, not superstar talent. Um, and he was the White Dragon, Ku Klux Klan member, full-on bad guy, but Peacemaker was not his son. That's just kind of like putting two different stories mm, together. Yeah. Um, now, and I think again, it works. History yeah. of Peacemaker, he was a Charlton comic, so that's one of those things like where we were talking about with like Shazam and Fawcett back when we did that thing where DC, like modern video game companies, was just snatching <laughs> nice people reference. up left and right and being like, you're fucking mine now, Peacemaker. And you're like, oh, okay. Yep. And it's it was Captain all America World War II times. Comics. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so World War II era, Peacemaker was running around doing that shit. They can't have that now because his dad was like a Nazi named like Wolfgang von Straushaus. And then you're like, well, no, that just wouldn't make any sense. It's 2022. So, right. No, and I think it's a good right. fit. And it, it does, Colin, feel like I could almost see these characters like Peacemaker and Vigilante in our world. And that's pretty wild. I'm still going to stick with the Casey Jones for Vigilante. Yeah. You know, old well, school. Well, a lot of Phoenix Jones. Jones. Phoenix Jones was the real life superhero yeah. who started yeah. the whole movement. Joe, don't you um, think you'd read on the news Phoenix Jones killed by vigilante? <laughs> yeah, like, I would oh not be surprised God. at all. I mean, I remember like there was a time period where this was you know, shortly after Kick-Ass where we were seeing a lot yeah. of this. And I think oh, like, yeah. that's, you know, to, to bring it back to uh, the show, like one thing I love is vigilante's costume to me is like, yeah. you know, one, one it's favorites. pulled basically directly out of the comics. Mm. And it just makes me think like, holy shit, like you... Nightwing would look so good in this universe. Like it's right. that's the thing I keep saying when I see like these types of characters where it's like, okay, like I, you know, I hope if we do get a season two, bring like anarchy or someone like that in, like I would love to see some other characters on the same level, but you can walk it closer and closer to some of the big names. I think. Oh yeah. Well, Joe, you mentioned kick-ass and I think there's been a lot of properties. It's sort of a recent trend as well, kind of dealing with the same edgy, darker, politically oriented sometimes material we had the boys we had uh that animated show on amazon invincible 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 great show mm -hmm. uh and then you have james gunn himself who made uh 
a little movie called Super, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. In the year 2010, That's which right. is uh, very similar to Kick-Ass, basically, with, uh, you know, Dwight from The Office, Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and that kind of dealt with a vigilante who kind of takes, you know, things into his own hands. So it's very similar material there. He had some warm-up yeah. for it, too. Yeah. Yeah, the tone they're bouncing so definitely this is great. I would yeah, argue that's is, you know, darker thing. than this, though. This is like, because at its core, piece, you know, it, it is a, a positive show. Like, it really is. Like they, they, it hits all the beats. It's, it knows exactly what he's doing because he's a master love. at it. You know, yeah. friendship and yeah, and that's the thing too. We were talking about how he doesn't fit in, and it's everybody's getting an arc. Harcourt's, you know, a little, you know, rough and kind of short and cold, and then she starts to warm up near the end, and you know. He has an issue yeah, with Economos. Kind of he always talks shit to Economos. You know, they're, they're, it's about a family kind yeah, of forming yeah. in this unit. and um, It's it was, a family of misfits. They're all kind of misfits or outcasts in their own way, but they come together, you know, yeah. family style. It, it literally yeah. is a family show with bodies exploding and um, dance numbers. And I like it a lot, but it also literally is Guardians of the Galaxy, a found family that has uh, sure. dance numbers. Well, that's what, like poetry, you know, that's yes. what James Gunn does. He's, he's not... I don't think he's the most versatile, like, like you said, he's an auteur. He knows what he's good at and he kind of hits the same themes in a lot of his works, but you know, it works for me. You know, guardians are some of my favorite Marvel movies. Su- the suicide squad is yes. probably my favorite DC EU movie. 100%. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah. you know, this show, I think he's knocking it out of the park real quick, just to talk about the writing standpoint, because I, I went on and on about how the suicide squad, I think is past five years, maybe 10 the best modern screenplay that's ever been written. I will defend that. Mm -hmm. Go back and listen to that episode. It's about something. It's about how imperialism is the worst. And, you know, like America needs to stop trying to control things. Guess what, guys? We're hitting that golden triangle again. Theme, plot, dialogue, writing, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. last one. When you're hitting those three, you're nailing it. Okay. Now, I want everyone to understand the power that this man has of what he has willed into the universe. Because what we keep forgetting talking about is he only has this opportunity. Because what's that guy's name? Robert Cernovich, the the right wing political. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I don't remember his name. Uh, yeah, something Cernovich. But basically, yeah, his cancellation. You say that was completely orchestrated by these right wing sort of provocateurs because of James Gunn's political views. It's also going to be because of his outspoken liberalism. And now, Jacob, we have a character on mainstream TV that's extremely popular who uh, violently uses the Second Amendment, reiterates rhetoric that he hears on Facebook as truth. He's yeah. constantly mm-hmm. talking about the deep state, <laughs> the shadow government, who's really in charge, how you shouldn't trust those with authority and power. I should be autonomous and be allowed to do whatever I want. It's this huge criticism on that. And he's paired with a left wing, gay, um, black young woman who who never is killed making anybody. him question those beliefs. He's never killed anybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, and making the demographic of people who aren't the full-on Augie, his father, who are saying, right. you know, white power and things like that, but the well, children he- that we know that is our generation of people who go to Thanksgiving and go, yeah, my dad says that stuff, but he's crazy, but I also vote with everything he says, and I also agree that gun rights are the most important thing in the world. And you go, oh, yeah, well- you're just as bad. Colin, if you think about it, I mean, 
part of his arc of character growth in this is just learning that his father is as bad as he actually is. <laughs> yeah. Because basically multiple characters have to tell him, oh, oh your dad's like super racist and, and like a piece of shit. And the power of John Cena's acting that um, literally he can have those sit down scenes with Robert Patrick, an actor I think we all really like from that era, who says, yeah. I should have slit your throat the second you were born. And he's so good he can just go, no. And just, you know, he does the shake off of, I didn't oh. hear that. You know, he's heard That's that his whole yeah. life and just had to go, dad doesn't mean that. You know, you just the throwaway of, no, 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 that's not true. Seeing it's, a giant it's man an incredible, be a child, it's crazy. Well, I, yes. Yeah, I think it's an real incredible nuance, performance. Yeah, it is. Like, the real John nuance Cena. of it is it's not that he has to learn that his dad is wrong. Mm. It's that he has to accept it. Like, it yes. has yeah. nothing to do with what he knows. And, like, he knows objectively that it's wrong. Like, when she's like, you know, your dad does not think that people with my skin color deserve rights. And he says, that's fucked up. Like that is his yes. response. Yeah. I'm, I understand. I, I it get also that. Shows but it's that, accepting you know, the, it. Mm-hmm. Right. But it shows the way he was raised to him. That was normal for a long time as a kid. So that's kind of gets ingrained in you not to excuse that kind of behavior, but you kind of see like how people come to, you know, believe that. And they can either reject brainwashing. You know, what they're, even in the, it, it's yeah. brainwashing it's yeah. almost yeah. like other characters on this show have literal bugs in their head that are controlling them too again right. oh, man. what what yep. james gunn wants to explore on this it's just like baby let me ride that wave you're just oh, crushing yeah. it yeah and also like i mean it, does, it is covering a lot of similar ground to the boys um but i think they both do it well from some from different angles this just has it, it's hitting everything right because you know, any criticism that I give James Gunn's directing skills of being like one note, mm-hmm. I, Colin, I agree. Like he's one of the best writers working today. Like you just like no one crafts a scene like him. No one has that emotional turn as well as he does. And he can do the same exact thing three different times. And it doesn't feel like it because each one is written with such a sophistication and understanding of the characters that he's playing with. Yeah, right. yeah, hundred percent. And and I think Jacob was alluding to too the performances he can get out of these people because of the material so strong. Like this is, in my opinion, yeah. John Cena's best role. Oh yeah, ever. I think the entire <laughs> you know as good as James Gunn is, I think the entire emotional heart of the show relies on the performance of John Cena. And you know, I watched the first four episodes and I I was like, man, I think John Cena should win an Emmy or something. Like he's just yeah. killing this role and. You know, I think he was sort of miscast as just like a straight-laced action star when he has, you know, the comedic chops and the charisma that he has. And he's willing to be sort of self-effacing about himself, about his body, his weirdly muscular-shaped body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not afraid to show it off. He's not <laughs> he's ashamed. Uh, and he's just nailing it. I think he's nailing the emotion. He's nailing the comedy. And, yeah, he's just been great. He'll yeah, that crazy jack body for you. and the, uh, you know, the puppy oh, dog insane. eyes. Like, it's a combo that oh. can't be fucking beat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, great like, I mean, you know, for a helmet. If you look at, like, what the show is doing as a whole, right? So there's some sort of alien invasion that is different from other aliens that we have seen so far. This is not mm-hmm. Starro. Uh, but, Colin, did you catch... There was a caterpillar at one point that we kind of get a close-up on. There is that tease from the end of Shazam where you have... Um, Oh, God, what's sure. his name? Uh, I, I, can't said, uh, I almost said Mr. Mixoplex. <laughs> it's Professor or something, something, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't a little, remember. A little yeah. sentient caterpillar yeah, yeah. who's like a bad guy. Oh, so yeah. like, I could see yeah. this actually tying to bigger D- Mr. stuff. Mr. Mind, sorry. Yes, that's right. 
Um, and they, you know, just the, like the universe they're building or, or, you know, like the way they're filling out these little corners. I can't wait to see what happens. Cause you know, we have Batgirl coming up soon and that has, yeah. you know, Brendan Fraser as Firefly is Brendan Fraser's Firefly going to know John Cena's peacemaker? Because I would love <laughs> right. to see those two hang out at, you know, a place like the bar with no name, like, which I'm sure exists in the DCEU somewhere, you know? Well, you know, they had a gorilla show up, and for a moment I was like, wait, are they? is that Gorilla Grodd? What's yeah, going not on? It's the here? same thing. I was thinking yeah, that, what too. What the fuck? Yeah, they got the gorillas going. There's also, you know, another character we haven't mentioned who does love Peacemaker for Peacemaker, and that's Eagly. How can we forget Eagly? Eagly. <laughs> One of the ah, good little sidekicks. I actually like that Eagly likes him. It would be yeah. so easy to make the joke that he's obsessed with the bird and it's constantly attacking him. Mm-hmm. But that somber episode five opening where he's making the hangover cure, the bird goes and gets food for him because he's worried he's not like eating enough. Brings he's him like, a dead no, no, animal. No, it's, it's, yeah. It's a good gesture. It's fine. I'm not going to eat it. You go, go ahead. ahead. He says that means a lot to you, I'm not going to eat it. I really want to know how they shoot that. Like, is the eagle CGI? He said it's like well, a, what's going a, a on yellow. There? It's like a green. It said it, he said it's a, a fucking piece of wood. What was that called? A dowel. It's a dowel with a or it's green a tip on it. That's what John Cena I'm, I'm shocked it's not his brother in a bird suit. True. One hour of the first day, they had a real eagle on set, and James Gunn said, the second I realized the bird wasn't into it, we were like, nope. <laughs> so, yeah. Computer I gotta bird. say, for like a TV show, like looks the good. effects are pretty good. Like yeah. It looks pretty realistic. The gorilla and, like, looked good. Yeah. Uh, the explosion of a body looked good. Like, the, the effects are actually really impressive, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely on. And I mean, if you, again, go watch Slither, an old James Gunn movie, if you want to see some great gross-out effects um yeah he's he's great at that as well yeah it's 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 just for me the surprise show of the year you know like for how good it starts and then just how good it continues to be and like as i'm watching it just like it just brings me so much joy and i want to i just don't want it to end so every time the episode then you have to wait a week we mentioned that in the beginning like it gives you time to really marinate on it and it's like I just can't wait to see where it goes, you know, and I hopefully it finishes strong for season two, but I've been completely surprised by it. I mean, getting hugged by an eagle, you got vigilante, you got all this crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. It's not Project uh, Butterfly. What, they're butterflies? No. And then like three episodes later, oh, no, they are butterflies. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, I mean, I have no idea what's going on because we find out, spoiler alert, uh, yeah. the head of the task force or whatever Mern. is a butterfly, right? But he's having them kill butterflies. So is he like... A butterfly is trying to kill other butterflies. Or did he get infected recently? Right. What's the deal? And so, yeah, there's this butterfly conspiracy. They're in people's brains, high levels of government. Kind of Harcourt says it's kind of like a deep state. Uh, (laughs) And so they're kind of playing that angle of like there's actually aliens in the government, you know. Well, it's funny because a lot of a lot of crazy, you know, a lot of the really out there conspiracy theories are based on certain elements of truth. Where, you know, you have the deep spate and QAnon and that kind of thing. But obviously there is corruption at the highest levels of government and, you know, the elites and that thing. There, so there are kernels of truth within these conspiracy theories. So it's kind of commenting on that, I think. 
It's like yeah. a jumping off point. But then to also like you look at John Cena talking about the deep state, and like this guy's an idiot. But then they also turn it on you and like, but there's butterflies in the government. Right. It's kind of a deep state. Yeah, like, but then <laughs> even even back to the other side of it, though, to, to acknowledge that, like, well, this is what I believe you should, too. But when he's when vigilante sees his dad's upside down flag, he's like, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, like there, there are levels to it where he's just like, I just can't even deal with that. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to get a, you know, probably racist white guy, who better to cast than Robert Patrick? <laughs> you know, Terminator 2, played the LAPD. Yeah. Have you seen well, this and boy? Can, can, can I point out real quick, uh, John Cena's first movie, maybe his first acting role, I have no idea. The Marine, who's the bad guy? Robert Patrick. Oh, nice. Ooh. They made like four of those. Wow. <laughs> Not with John Cena. Yeah, yeah. I, think, uh, I think it went to the Miz. Yeah, I think uh, I did go to the Miz. And and lower down the Randy Orton. Of it. Yeah. it looks like I'm the Marine now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's get the Miz in here as a D-lister just for like a right. an episode. Bring it back to John Cena. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing with him. I was never a fan of John Cena's wrestling persona. Like he was always my least favorite during his prime. The corniest. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like the square, you know, Hustle, loyalty, Hustle, respect, loyalty respect, dog. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. never into it, but he's done such a like career flip. Like if you compare him to The Rock, like The Rock is still The Rock. Like he always plays The Rock in most movies. John Cena, he's sort of rejecting his old uh, persona in a certain way and kind of flipping it where he's like sort of becoming a respectable actor where I could see him doing dramas. I could see him doing anything really. Like he has the range to pull it off, I think. And two, he's, he's flipping that kind of milk toast baby face, you know, literally like it's for the kids to like saying fuck and fucking and killing. And, you know, it's being an all around bad guy. You know, he didn't turn heel and wrestling, yeah. but he's kind of doing heel turn in acting. It allows him to do a lot more than you've ever seen him do. Well, don't forget, again, I mean, the he way- started by like rapping about Stephanie McMahon's body. Through the like, chain gang. <laughs> Like back in the day, right? Yeah, I never forget the change. Then he game. became the ultimate like face for a while because uh, you know, the kids loved him and everything, and he was just the well, a lot of wristbands. Yes. That guy and thumbs up most um, uh, accomplished wishes in Make a Wish history yes. by a oh, yeah, margin yeah. where if we started now, you would never be able to catch up. <laughs> yeah, to him. yeah. Like it's it's like huge. No, he always seemed like a great guy for what he did off the out of the ring or off the screen. You know, uh, being with his kid fans and everything, you got to respect mm-hmm. that. Uh, but just, you know, the way he, again, not to go back to the way he uses his body, though. I mean, he, the when I look at him, it's almost like the Uncanny Valley because he's so, like, muscular. He uh, looks yes, like a, and you know, an action figure, a real-life action <laughs> figure. Hazard. Uh, so I see his face on that body, and I just get <laughs> that Uncanny Valley feeling sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he, he just knows how to use it. Like, when he's, you know, just dancing in his tidy whiteies like... Yes. Into There's a, a lot of actors that would not be willing to do that. You know, that's no. like putting a lot out there. All the confidence in the world. Three things real quick I want to say. Um, in the first episode when he's in the hospital and he's in that gown and you still see his butt or whatever. And the doctor says to him, don't lift your left <laughs> arm. Your shoulder is destroyed. You know, you, you can't do that for a couple of days or mm-hmm. whatever. You don't think as a fucking wrestler – 
He's he's heard that a thousand fucking times in his life. And oh, that sure. all those scars on his body are probably fucking practical. Yeah, yeah. that's very true too. Either from and, and from surgeries that he's probably had on his shoulders yes. for mm-hmm. you know, yeah. ten years down the line, I would love to see him do like a Mickey Rourke the wrestler type movie. Like I think he would crush it. Uh I would be so into that. Get Batista in there as a supporting actor. Have the two of them do a serious drama together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be great. Oh, I think that guys are speaking my language. Yeah. You know, like, it's such a uh, revelation for John Cena and such a deserved triumph. Like, yeah, he, he almost was Shazam. Like, he was really close mm-hmm. to landing that role, and it didn't work out for whatever reason. So to, to have this moment of, like, you know, I'm not Shazam, which would have been The Rock versus John Cena. Like, uh, at yeah. least it's, you know... He has this, and this is such a, a more unique piece and, and something where he's stepping out of his comfort zone. So, you know, good on you, John oh, Cena. Yeah. He's yeah. much more willing to step out of his comfort zone than The Rock, who's just made the same movie. The like same character. He's a family also, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. It's probably like the nine millionth time I've told this story, but Colin, you remember the MTV Movie Awards from like 2014, where <laughs> yes, Kevin Hart, who I think made like they just made that movie where it's like I'm the Rock, but I was fat as a kid, and like that's Central the whole Intelligence, story. Uh, Central Intelligence. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, and then. Um, he like you know they they do a bit making fun of the MCU making fun of superheroes and the Rock just like turns dramatically and goes Black Adam is coming oh yeah and like no one knows what the fuck that means so no one cheers there's no reaction no it's like one, one of my favorite clips. 2014 it's, it's like, like when he yeah. tried to pull no, Roman Reigns like he still hasn't come out yet 2015 like it was a long he was fucking cast time ago. in 2012 yeah wow. Wow. I mean yeah that's one of those uh, things and just to think of like that reaction of like so desperately trying to like. You know, I'm coming. I'm. It's gonna happen. You know, five years down the fucking line, to being John Cena, who shows up at the premiere for the Suicide Squad in costume, and the Peacemaker right. shows already greenlit. Yeah, and like you said, he could have been Shazam. He could have been. You know, you think you want to be like a Superman or something like that? No, he's going to be this obscure character, Peacemaker, and he's going to be in this edgy R-rated TV show. I mean. It's just crazy. It's a crazy choice that really and works. Imagining my my like only that. like <laughs> like nerdy comic book thought that I haven't gotten out is a uh, Colin. How far are we from a Kite Man series at this point? Like yeah, and <laughs> I am thinking it's got to be the Miz now. So just yeah. put him in in the final episode. It's the Miz is behind bars, and he's like, oh, if you hadn't taken my kite, peacemaker. Mm. Well, you know, you're, Kite Man so is in the. Uh, He's Harley in the Harley Quinn, Quinn animated show. show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you're digging this story, like if you like Peacemaker uh, and you're kind of loving this like, oh, villain, anti-hero type thing, The War of Jokes and Riddles, a Tom King hmm. storyline for Batman where you get the the origin story and, and uh, history behind Kite Man. It is perfect for a show like this. <laughs> oh, it, is, it, is, it is so crazy that like I, I feel like there's definitely going to be an announcement that we're getting a kite man series or, or something. I think like this creative team should just transition to that. Yeah. We need to speak yeah. into existence Why though. Not? Mike, the Miz, you know, greatest actor in wrestling <laughs> kite man. Are there any guesses? So James Gunn has been hinting there will be a season two of peacemaker. Mm-hmm. He's been hinting that there will be another DCEU show that he is going to be in charge of. Would you want that to be a spinoff of someone we saw on the Suicide Squad, a, a blood sport show, a mm. Rat Catcher 2 show, Polka Dot Man prequel, <laughs> King Shark the series, or or is there a character you guys would die to just have James Gunn touch? 
careful with your wording. Um, I would say <laughs> King Shark's always fun and stuff too, but I don't know if you do a whole show. Yeah. I'm thinking just with his style though, I'm not sure of a character, but he needs to get an apprentice stat because this type of work can't just end with him. Like he can't work on every show. So if they're going to spin this off, that right. creative team, well, someone needs to step the, up and uh, be able take to take too long. Yeah. Yeah, he could be the John Favreau. Uh, you know what yes. John Favreau is to the Mandalorian Star Wars well, stuff. Right, writing these, that. Jacob, yeah. just throwing them out. But do you have a character, yeah. Joe, that you think would like besides Kite Man? Obviously, you said that one arc is really great. Yeah, yeah, I think Kite Man makes the most sense for like this exact type of show. But I will say, like the bat, the Batgirl movie is going to be an HBO Max movie. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw behind the scenes footage of or you know like shots that leaked online feature uh, a Batman with a Robin and we know Nightwing is like in rumors that he's going to be appearing at some point and like, I would girl? love to you know hmm. fuck it just do like a Bloodhaven show at this point sure. and like that's what I would really that want That would be cool. Mm. And don't forget like you know there's there is another DC show coming like pretty soon Matt Reeves is producing a show about the right. Gotham PD so like Right. This is here to stay, and I think Peacemaker is like the perfect kickoff point tonally because it's like, okay, if this is how wacky it gets and how serious it gets, anything in between is going to f- fly as well. They're making, yeah. they're making another Gotham, like they already made a Gotham show that's basically about the Gotham PD. Like, so this is it's it's going to be set in the universe of Robert Pattinson's Batman, oh, and it's going wow. to follow. Okay, right the Gotham PD that we know from that movie. So. And then we're getting Joker 2 oh. that's a separate universe. So pretty much there's like infinite sandboxes, different tones. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, DC's just yeah. kind of it. doing whatever they can and, and <laughs> see what we'll just do more please, of that. Please they don't come. have to be related. We're going to have yeah. three Batmans. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Calling in the craziest no casting Superman. choice ever, John Hamm at Batmite. That would be oh. my pitch. John Hamm, bad bite. I, I was um, seeing those commercials with John Hamm during the football, oh, yeah, and I'm like, like, who would he be? And, and I, I was initially like, he could be a good Omni-Man, too. Give him a mustache if they ever live action that. He would be good. But he get, get that man a superhero suit. You're right. Because he's funny, too. Yeah. Can I throw a little yeah. bit? I think we're kind of getting near the end here, but I want to throw a little bit more love yeah. quickly on Vigilante. And the actor mm. who plays him, what's the name, Colin? Freddie Stroma, uh, an interesting sounding guy, yeah. uh, German, but British. <laughs> yeah. So Freddie Stroma, man. Right. So he has a British accent. Besides John life. Cena, he is just killing it because we, yes. we said he just kills everybody. But then when he's like, you need help cleaning up and he's like putting CDs back. So he's like, consider it in some Amazing. sense, a friend to Peacemaker, but also a complete maniac yeah. like in jail. <laughs> Worth saying, Mike, uh, and I'm so glad you threw it back to him. We're on episode five, Normies. We're so excited to finish this series. We hope you're listening to this, mm-hmm. and you're on six, and you're on seven, and you're coming back for the finale and, and listening to our dumb theories on it. Yep. Um, that was the first episode where he was the person cast as vigilante the entire time. There was, I was a, reading a, a into that previous too, actor, and he he just he disagreed with James Gunn on the direction of the show and said, "I'm out of here." Huh? Yeah, I was reading that as well, Con. So a lot of the in the suit stuff is the first actor, oh. uh, which they I think they dubbed they just dubbed over his lines and basically. then did some green screen stuff and some reshoots. Wow. So the John Cena Ooh. and him stuff in the cars are all reshoots. Wow, crazy! I didn't know that. Well, I'm glad that the change was made because he's doing Me an too. incredible job. Like when. Adebayo kind of says, I don't think he's going to be happy if his dad's alive. And he's like, I got to go do something. He just throws a trash can in front of the cops and is like, amazing. 
and when he walks Mike, down the hallway, no selling everybody because you know he's the craziest fucker in there. I'm like, oh my you god, I love this guy. You know he's a fucking killer. Yeah. He is uh, clearly on the spectrum. We now know he's a young kid who used to play D and D, is what he's teased as. Who got his large penis much later in life, but <laughs> right. um, who says? And I don't feel feelings like normal people, so it's okay that Peacemaker bullies me. Um, it's, I mean, that's just, it's it, the performance that he's giving. It's so fucking funny. And like you said, that scene with the Nazis, the confidence to go around and call them out and say, let's say, what's our favorite thing about black culture? For me, it's rock and roll. Do you know you fucking <laughs> idiot hillbillies yep. wouldn't even have this fucking shit music you have and to just tear <laughs> yeah, those that was a people great down? Right it's incredible. <laughs> it beats the shit out of them, yeah. To have, to have the best fight scene in a show where John Cena is the lead is pretty fucking outrageous, mm-hmm. and he absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. So as much as we've been heaping love on John Cena, uh, I figured Vigilante needed a little more. And uh, Adebayo, We're too. Saying. I mean, everyone's great. Hardcore's great, but Adebayo, again, her relationship with John is also very sweet and kind of conflicting because yeah. her mother wants and something that she said, might not want to do. Right, exactly. She's, she's very conflicted right now. We don't know what she's going to do because... She also, like, she sees a lot of herself, I think, in Peacemaker because they have the family connection, their parent telling them things that they know is wrong, but they're conflicted inside. They have to confront that. That's a good pull. Uh, But that actress that plays Autobio, she was in Orange is the New Black. That's the only thing Mm. I've seen her in, and she was kind of a standout character in that. So I think she's 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 got heaps of charisma. Everybody on this cast does, but man, she really brings it too. Never seen her before. Again, power of the writing. Imagine these situations. We got this last episode where they they go to the food factory for the butterflies, right? Mm -hmm. You get something you never see in a James Bond movie, which is the handler to the secret agent being forced to be on the mission in the moment with them. Mm -hmm. Get a very funny scene. Rochambeau. Nobody wants to be paired with Vigilante because he's (laughs) a fucking psychopath. (laughs) They go their way. But the natural writing is is that you have to put uh, Leota with Chris because, again, like Jacob said, they play off each other so incredibly. Mm-hmm. But for James Gunn to have the stylized violence, over-the-top killing and all that stuff, and to have real reactions to it, you need that anchoring character, POV character, like Jacob said before. You watch something like No Time to Die, the most recent James Bond film. Which ends with his love, Madeline Swan and him, spoilers for that, not big spoilers, yeah. but running around and her watching James Bond, her husband, shoot and kill people violently. Shoot them in the head, not over-stylized violence, very natural, real violence, okay. but killing and taking lives. And she is just mute and stone-faced because whatever, she's the wife of James Bond. That is not right. an accurate reaction. When Leota is accidentally firing her gun too, when she is making these terrible faces after Peacemaker oh, yeah. kills people with a three-gauge shotgun mercilessly, she it is her reaction to it is a human being who's never fucking killed anything before and doesn't fucking want to because we're the normal people who are surrounded by these idiots with these crazy guns. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we'll, call him. we'll let Vigilante hang out too because he's fucking crazy. We need crazy people. Yes, <laughs> it's like right. I'm just a normal one yeah one of my favorite uh scenes in this show you know it's silly a lot of time but then it gets super serious when they're you know there's that security guard that comes up right and they're like they have to kill him and uh but you know she doesn't want to obviously uh and she's just like stretching it out and he's like saying his you know kids names and everything he's like please don't do this you don't have to do this you know i just want to see my kids again like it gets really real and they have to kill him it's like yeah damn 
So no. really good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Money Penny doesn't go on the mission. Money Penny doesn't get to high five James Bond after he kills a room full of real people with names and children right. and families and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What a show, man! I didn't see it coming, um, and I'm excited to see where it goes next. It, it very similar in tone to the boys, I think. You know, in some ways. Yeah. And I, Vigilante's just insane Huey, and I, I'm here for it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, good question before we go to our wrap yes. up. Would you be Peacemaker if you had if you if you were a superhero who just had one gadget in their helmet that they had to keep going to and changing that out? Would you be able to put up with that, guys? One gadget per helmet. <laughs> Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. conceit. It does expand on his powers from the movie, but I would not like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think it's funny about the show, too, is like they don't explain like his dad makes all this stuff for them. That's like all this crazy technology. They don't explain how his dad does this or like how his dad he knows like how to do this. Where he gets the resources. Yeah, what yeah is man, that? that's the beauty. That's the beauty of this show, though. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so great. And like why it like that little detail is exactly why I'm so excited for the future of comic book content. Because you can just say that. It's a one line. Yeah, my dad makes all this crazy shit. It's a pocket dimension. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's got a pocket That's dimension it. in his yeah, he's house. He's a racist <laughs> super scientist who made a pocket dimension. Yeah. And think, yeah. like, if he has that, then, like, you know, you can just imagine what, like, Lex Luthor has. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't have to, like, yeah. it just, it just, he's so fucking good at world building. That's cool. And I think Marvel has done a similar thing, too, with the, uh, you know, the cleanup crew with the vulture and everything where they're taking this alien technology. Damage like, control, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and, like, you know, normal people can get their hands on this crazy alien technology and become a supervillain if they want to, you know? Yeah, it's pretty wild. So, yeah, the world building is incredible. Like future. I said, this, this yeah. pocket, this corner that James Gunn has kind of opened the door to, it makes the DC universe just feel better and more fun than it has in a long time. I think that's great. Well, this is my question is, what do you want to see James Gunn focus on going forward? Like, do you want to see more of this stuff in DC? Do you want to see him do Guardians of the Galaxy 3? We, I mean, we already know that he's doing that, but yeah. um, is he going to go back to the Marvel well, do more uh, kid-friendly PG type stuff? I, I got to jump just because as a screenwriter, I said this after The Suicide Squad, when we were like, and did you guys know there's going to be a Peacemaker spinoff or whatever? We were like, oh, that's that stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't it be so wild to see him go back to an original property and just to come up with something himself? He does yeah. these. He now Peacemaker is the third thing made with his new production studio imprint, whose name I cannot remember. But that Brightburn, which was the Superman yeah. evil Superman riff, okay, yeah, and the Belko experiment, which was again a screenplay he kind of just threw out, or maybe uh. his brothers helped him write it or whatever. Um, which was kind of a Battle Hunger Royale Games Battle Royale yeah. riff. I I wonder if he feels this pressure to just go, people love the superhero thing. This is really how I can make my bread and butter. If I do want to stretch my wings, I'll take the safest route possible and just throw it to the wolves and just not have to even be a part of it, really. Mm. That's kind of cowardly to me. It, I would love to, I would see, like him to see him dive him into more- something. Yeah, I want to see him do more original stuff, too. You know, like, compare him to Taika Waititi. He can do stuff in between the superhero stuff he can put out. Jojo Rabbit, for um, example. Yeah, exactly. He, he's like, hitting that level of t- putting his name on too many things for me, Jacob, but that's mm-hmm. a perfect example. Yeah, so I'd love to see him kind of mix it up and, and do some more stuff like like Slither. Like, Slither was so good. I would like to see more 
stuff like that as well. Yeah, I want, I want more TV is what I would say. Like, I want more miniseries. I want more. I'd like for him to continue on that platform. But ultimately, like, what do I want to do next? Like, whatever the hell he wants to do, because he gave us a Peacemaker show, which is a character I didn't know at all, you know, a year right. ago. So I think you can do a lot more with TV, like with series nowadays. Like, it's the era of streaming series. It's not even TV. It's just different streaming services have these original series. And, you know, no movies can get made anymore because they're all, you know, got to be Marvel or they got to be these blockbusters. But you can get shit done. And even people like, you know, Robert Rodriguez is directing episodes of, of Book of Boba Fett. Like, mm-hmm. you can – I see a lot more directors going to these series. But the pitch, Jacob, in those meetings where people go, if you're like, I have an idea. And you're like, what's it about? And you're like, it's about a dad who's drunk. And you're like, that's awesome. That's a movie. And then you go, awesome. The subplot is the son is gay. They go, whoa, that's a lot. You could do you want to do an eight episode? And these people just go, you know what? You're right. That is it's 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 better money. It's residuals. Let's do it that way. And they yeah. stretch these ideas so fucking thin that they just can't back up. And it drives me so fucking crazy. I think that is a, like it, it for one on one side of that coin, you can take more time to tell your stories or you just stretch a story out. And then there's a lot of filler and it's boring. Luckily, at least with Peacemaker, there's density in every episode. There's no filler, yeah. no waste, you know, not not an ounce of fat on it. No. You've seen I mean, it in like, this is like. This is like a much bigger conversation about like, you know, episode orders and stuff like that. But, you know, Doom Patrol, I think, is 12 or 13 episodes a season. I think season one is 15 episodes. Peacemaker is uh, eight, right? Eight. Yeah. Book of Boba Fett, I think, is six or seven. Like seven or something weird. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Some of the uh, Marvel shows are nine. Like, I think the beauty of the streaming services is however long it needs to be. You know? That's what that Marvel be seems to be doing. It's like yeah. some, yeah, yeah. so it's between like eight and ten. But if they don't need to be ten episodes, just make eight. You know, yeah. wasn't Hawkeye um, short But I think with too, the flexibility, like yeah, yeah, with the flexibility of streaming, you can do that though because you don't have to meet certain demands of like network television. You yeah. need so many weeks to fill. You can just drop the whole season. It can be however long you need it to be. Yeah, content will go on as long as it needs to. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right. exactly. That's I think that's really be. where the future is headed. Is is more series is less movies because that's what people are watching nowadays. Everyone's, you know, subscribing to all these different services and just watching TV. Like I'd rather watch three episodes of TV than a movie usually. Yeah. And like, you know, no one, unless, unless your name's Spider-Man, you're not going to get anybody to go to a movie theater anytime soon. So right. put it on the we'll TV. We'll see if Batman has anything to say about it. We, we well, shall we'll see. I don't think he has $1.7 billion dollars to say about it. But <laughs> yeah, Jesus he that Christ. Much. But we'll see. Uh, but I know that, you know, our future is uh, in giving you our final thoughts on Peacemaker coming up right after this. This is a superhero landing on this show. He does. <laughs> we're back. We're pulling down our flag. It's about to call it because uh, we're done talking about Peacemaker here. After we give our final thoughts on the uh, jingoistic, fascist, alt-right superhero 
With a heart oh, of gold. Peacemaker. With a heart of gold, who is a good guy <laughs> who just wants to rock out to some of the best bands of all time. Mike, you were saying you like this stuff. I don't know anything about the music on this show, and I'm fucking loving it. I, I swear you're reading, you're wearing your mind reading helmet because I wanted to bring up <laughs> at the top of this the, the needle drops of, of James Gunn in this. And mm. yeah, a lot of these bands, like the Choir Boys, episode one, never heard of. Mm. Wigwam, yeah. never heard of. But when they started talking about Hanoi, Hanoi Rocks, Rocks, I know Hanoi Rocks. So I was like, okay, I'm mm. at least somewhat in the loop. But James Gunn mentioned, like, you know, I would just love to see his Spotify because Guardians has a great soundtrack. This has a great soundtrack. The Suicide Squad has a good soundtrack. And he just like, he's like, yeah, this 80s stuff kind of went by the wayside. And I just wanted to kind of highlight some of this stuff that was more obscure because I think it's really cool and people don't know about it. So I wanted to include that in the show. And it's like, that's pretty rad. But, but what surprised me was there's a Japanese band in this show. When Judo Master's driving his car, they're a band called Band Made. They're all dressed as maids. It's all girl rock band. And their song is in here, too. And I'm like, I know that band and I like that. But I'm like, wow. damn, James Gunn, you really do have the deepest cuts, not just with what superheroes yeah. you pick. So no, James Gunn, very eclectic taste. And I like that he he knows different genres because, like you said, there's a lot of hair metal and stuff. I've never been a huge hair metal fan, so I don't know any of these bands. It fits the tone of the show. And obviously, that's what the character Peacemaker likes. I like, you know... Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm, that's kind of more my thing, the, the songs and that, but he's, James Gunn is so versatile, like he can make, he kind of curates the songs to match the show, which mm-hmm. obviously he should do, but. Just a real quick thing I got to interject with, because I heard him say this on Fresh Air when uh, Terry Gross was interviewing him one time and saying things like, well, with the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, which, you know, is just, it's gone gold or platinum or whatever, and it's heralded as one of the best soundtracks of all time. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people just ask you, like, it, it kind of doesn't make sense, though. Where's the Led Zeppelin? You know, where's where's the hits of the air? Where's some more Eric Clapton, all this stuff? And he fires back, I think, very thoughtfully and goes, that was a CD made by a mom. I chose mom rock songs. There's Fleetwood right. Mac. Wow. There's, you yes. know, stuff like that. And you just go, you're not, you're not thinking about it thematically. And to anyone who just back to the auteur conversation goes like, oh, more needle drops or whatever. The, it's totally different. Yeah. The way the music is used is totally different, but the way that it's 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 shown to the character's heart or to their core of Peter Quill was a, a kid who had one fucking thing and he was obsessed with it. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. It reminded him of home in his childhood. Peacemaker has an entire outlet that he expresses himself in almost every episode that is dance along with music yeah. because I'm sure in his fucking upbringing in Charlton, Missouri or, or whatever they're trying to make it be or Arkansas mm-hmm. or whatever it is, he's fucking – his racist dad probably only let him go to concerts because he thought, oh, I bet a lot of black people don't go to hair metal concerts or whatever. So yeah. it's just a, it's probably the only thing he was fucking allowed to do. He could put on his headphones he probably, in his room for a half hour a day and yes. just not be abused. Yeah, just not yeah, screamed at. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't yeah. dance in front of his dad though, or his dad would call no. him a queer or something yes, like exactly. that. Yes, exactly. It's a hidden yeah. outlet. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but yeah, I love James Gunn's music pulls sometimes. Even like you know Steely Dan in in, in uh, the Suicide Squad. Uh, Steely Dan, you know, dirty work. Great pull, man. Love the Dan, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> James Dan. Gunn. 
keep rocking on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Introducing like the choir boys and all that stuff. You know, like you would expect Poison and and Motley Crue and stuff. But no, right, he's like, right. no, we're it's not deeper cuts. Doing the easy yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's a real fan. Because John not Cena liked the Crue. entire genre. Peacemaker's character liked the genre so much he even listened to the most obscure small acts. And I think that's pretty right. cool too. Hundred percent. And then yeah, and then we have Judo Master. Uh, he's a He's a bandmate fan, so good for him, and a hot Cheeto fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, final thoughts, I guess. Uh, Peacemaker, kick it off, uh, Colin. Cheeto Master is so small too. It's, oh, he's it's so such fun. a great comedic man. Uh, so rematch, strong. motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> he just starts. Oh, we're doing insults now. Um, this is this is one of those shows like The Suicide Squad, which unfortunately I restart every time I end an episode of Peacemaker where I go, <laughs> well, I got to at least just like fast forward through this or at least just like watch the first 30 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just becoming one of those shows that I can just watch over and over. I, the first five that we've got, I've gone through them a couple times, just having them on before I go to bed or just hanging out in the background. And wow. there is just... Mike, you said the cliffhangers. Every time I just go, what is this diary going to be? What's going to happen to Leota? Um, what are the butterflies? Like that is a thought that truly during my day while I'm working, I will drift off for a couple of minutes and go, Joe, do you think it's tied <coughs> to Blue Beetle in some way? Because those are Charlton Comics characters and maybe they're Ooh. quote unquote the reach and they're the people who develop the scarab that, that you know, he'll get. And, and there is go, Blue Beetle content no. and development. But Cobra it, it Kai can't, it, it, how tied right. could it be though? I just, I, 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 it just, this is, I don't know. It's a show that just makes me think so much and not just about how like Jacob I really think John Cena deserves an Emmy I know we're speaking early but I I would love to see just where it goes with him and I I just think think so he's a punching bag I said it when I saw him in the first Suicide Squad the Suicide Squad that I there just seemed like so much self-hatred there and the fact that you can make an entire show about a character that does hate himself this much and you still just want to be like no you need to change it's okay mm-hmm. it's just amazing like to me he feels like a real person like he's so vulnerable the way he acts and again to compare him <laughs> I guess to The Rock like The Rock never feels like a real like when he plays a character, I'm like, oh, he's just the rock playing this character. And I think that's what makes the difference between like, a, you know, a decent actor to a great actor is that he just embodies this role. And I just forget that he's John Cena. And I think that he's Chris Smith, the peacemaker, mm-hmm. you know? No, hundred percent. It's just insane. I never yeah. expected him to be this good. I always knew he was a charismatic guy wrestling and everything, but yeah, he's just crushing it. Would yeah, you guess? Absolutely. Sorry, real quick. I just remembered the best joke too. When they get high in bed and have that three way with that chick after cucking that girl oh, in front of, or that, yeah, that, that guy, guy in front of his girlfriend the whole time. Anything can happen. <laughs> pick up, pick up these albums. He keeps spilling them out, and they keep opening up. But the joke at the end when they're smoking weed in bed and vigilante says, "You guys are so lucky that got legalized earlier this year. I'd fucking kill both of you." Yeah. That, is, yeah. that is so fucking good. Yeah, there's incredible. By the way, Colin. Uh, about Judo Master, I did see something on Twitter where someone like had taken a screenshot of uh, Judo Master and was like, "Look what they're doing! You know, they're using effects to make him shorter. Like this is just perpetuating like Asian stereotypes and stuff." And then the actor that played Judo Master replied and said, "Dude, like relax. Like I'm actually that short." <laughs> <laughs> it was just very funny. 
That's crazy. He's so tidy. Are you assholes? He's got a big presence too, man. When he's talking shit and he's beating the shit out of Peacemaker and Vigilante 2v1, it's like, all right, Judo Master, you really are the master. It takes Economos to take him down. And even that doesn't last long. (laughs) Right. I mean, this show is something Uh, that I expected to watch the first episode and then kind of be like, meh. Mm-hmm. Not for me. And maybe like six, you know, like a year from now, like tear through it once it's all done. But it's been must watch TV. I'm super here for it. I love the world building. And, you know, this is the first like HBO Max original that I think has been like, OK, this is great. Like this isn't just an HBO show that's also here. This is its own thing. And uh, I can't wait to see the Batgirl, Blue Beetle, like where all of this stuff goes. And I hope James Gunn has uh, his fingers in a lot of it. Yeah, the Favreau, I think that's a good model. Just keep him kind of as yeah. overall I mean, it's really gonna EP be, on everything. Keep an eye on it. It's going to come down to a war between Marvel and DC over James Gunn. Like, they both want him. But well, uh, he's, he's much deserved. Guy. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah, my final thoughts for this is pretty much everything we've already said. But it's, you know, amazing how you can take a show about such a big, strong man and have him be vulnerable and kind of sad and then look at that and why is that and how can he improve why does he push people away by being an asshole like things like this you know his coping mechanisms those outlets like colin mentioned with the dancing you know that's behind closed doors strictly but seeing all these sides of this character the softer side with eagly it's it's a character study and it would be nothing without the actor doing a good job and the writing and all that comes together. So John Cena, the writer's direction, it's all here. It's just firing on all cylinders and can't wait to see where it goes, man. Extremely yeah. surprised. Yeah. You know yeah. what? It, it, it is an offhand comment, the joke in the last episode, but it really does sum up like literally even the whole point of the show. I was called a bully too. Or, or I was bullied too. Oh, you were really? Yeah. Why everybody calling me a bully all the time? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, that the defensiveness, the outlashing, you know, the 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 anger. I mean, that's just what it is. It's it's. But again, this is just something we've never seen before. And good on James Gunn to be able to tap into and say, "There's something weird going on in this world right now, and I'm kind of terrified by it. Maybe we should talk about it." Mm-hmm. It's yeah, also again, the I weird think- Breakfast Club. I'm sorry that the jock oh, who. Yeah. Uh, his dad's a jerk to him, you know? It's like, oh, there's a right. softer side. Like, you, you never understand, you know, truly what other people are going through, but... Yeah, and I, I guess for my final thoughts, I'll just say, like like you mentioned, I really love the sort of political uh, angles that it's taking, covering similar ground to the boys, which I also <laughs> really like, but I really like these, these uh, uh, superhero shows that are willing to take on real-life uh, situations and not just be about, you know, escapism or that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this cape shit as they call it net these days, like if you're going to keep making it like, this is the way I like it, you know, elevate it. Yeah. Yeah. Have it say something now, you know, but uh, I think it's a slam dunk and, uh, you know, I'm here for it. So don't have too much more to add, but a plus, Good I'm work. ready to eat so much peace, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For now, All I right, guess we should peace out, motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm going to put on my ending podcast helmet and uh, remind all the listeners that they can go to at normies underscore like underscore us. Give us their peacemaker thoughts. Hit us up when it ends and just tell us what you thought of the finale and stuff, too. Check back in. We fucking love that. And uh, your thoughts on James Gunn as well. And check out uh, the work Jacob's doing on that YouTube page, baby. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. No. All right. We've been your host. This is uh, Vidge Call Auntie. <laughs> <laughs>
This is uh, Mike Mike DeBio. Joe Dumont, sir. <laughs> this is uh, Jacob Maker. <laughs> I make Jacobs. <laughs> my, my favorite D-list supervillain. Bye. I like the Rocketeur. <laughs> Bye, everybody. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.